South Connection. Welcome back to the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Um, man, monumental show we're covering tonight. A legendary show with a legendary song. Uh, joining me, this is going to be the last of his little tenure here. He will no longer be trapped with a T um, as a song for the show goes. And that is Keith Langston. What's up, Keith? What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, I'm feeling very... Yeah, you feel. Yeah, it's earlier you said I, you, you said we're we're headstronging, moving on. Um, I don't feel trapped with a T. I think that this has been a fun adventure. Uh, I'm a I'm a kind of a, I'm kind of a sucker for the ruthless aggression era, just because it was it was it was it was kind of like the I guess the spiritual successor to the attitude era, even though it really didn't have a lot of attitude. But um, it it wasn't as bad as like the PG era. I'll put it that way. So. I guess you kind of bridge the gap between the PGR and the Attitude Era by having this. But, I mean, we got to see the debut of John Cena and, like, the beginnings of him. And, obviously, you had yeah. Batista. You had, you know, Evolution during this time period. and stuff. So, I mean, I can't complain too much about this. I mean, wrestling's wrestling. You know, it's like I always say, like, you know, I'm not looking for Shakespeare. Just entertain me for a little while, you know? <laughs> this is a This is a more historic show, I think, than you would realize, too. Like... I'm not saying we'll get into the show itself, but it is, I feel like this is a kind of a, another weirdly like a transition show because this is the first of will become kind of like the staple of this whole era, which is the brand specific paper. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're mm-hmm. fully into, as this will be a raw only show here, as we've talked about extensively in the build. Um, so this will be raw only. Um, we are live from Houston. Uh Another thing is that this is like uh, them bringing back a, a pay-per-view subtitle that kind of was just, you know, they just kind of dusted this off because they did it in 97. And I'm, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they ever brought this back between 97 until now. Like it was obviously the famous hell in the cell with Undertaker and, and Shawn Michaels. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they just like five years, six years, even down the road, they just decided to bring bad bug back. I wonder what was the impetus for that. 
Well, I think it's, you know, for a while they had Armageddon, Unforgiven, Backlash. You know, they had kind of the standard, I guess, the, you know, the the subtitles for the In Your House when they started just having them branded as their own. And so once they had the brand split and they started adding in the extra pay-per-views, because, I mean, at least, because they had what, like, I think they moved from like 12 to 14, I want to say, for at least a couple of years. So there was like a couple of months where you were getting almost like a pay-per-view pay-per-view like back-to-back like two weeks within two weeks you'd have like a smackdown and then a raw so i think they needed more names <laughs> so they said let's go back right. to the uh let's go to the archives and see if we have anything that's around still <laughs> yeah and i guess it does fit you know at least the theme they're building with you know the former friends going against each other what have you so that makes sense um of course this show is is one of these i mean to me it's up there with like I mean, certainly the show itself is not on the level of those shows, but like as far as a, a song being tied to a show, I mean, it's up there as far as WWEF shows go with like a, a you know, non-WWF song being tied to it, which is, of course, as I mentioned, Headstrong by Trapped, uh, classic to wrestling fans because it's so tied to the show. I mean, I think without the song, I feel like this could end up being like a pretty forgettable show. I feel like it is remembered much more than you would then it probably should be because of that song, which, um, do, do you remember like, uh, where were you the first time you heard headstrong by trap key? Um, hmm. <laughs> no, I but. mean, I'm assuming I was, uh, well, it was what, was it a 2003 song? Like it, it had could to be, have right? been, yeah. Or maybe like a late 2002 and like it came out and then it picked up steam. I remember it being huge though. At the yeah. Time. I mean, probably, driving to work listening to it on wbcn which was our like our you know uh hard rock, rock station. Yeah. yeah like our hard rock and um alternative rock station in boston so uh yeah i mean god i'm sure if, i'm sure at least one of my friends probably went to a head pe concert you know um uh, but yeah i mean it was kind of this song was everywhere it was all over the radio definitely their biggest hit right oh absolutely i would say um, I think you probably could classify them as a one hit wonder. They did have like one other song. I remember it was like something about this bitch just frozen. And it kind of almost sounded like headstrong, honestly, but <laughs> they had like good. one other song was like, uh, it at least got like some airtime, but besides that, I mean, yeah, I'm calling it. And then I think in the last few years, like the heads, the lead singer guy has turned out to be like a big dickhead. So, and I think ah. that like the rest of the band like quit because he was such an asshole like oh, on Twitter makes, or something. That's, that's funny. Uh, I mean, I think that I know that, you know what they were big in, you know what they were big in was like the EA sports games. Like mm-hmm. they always, they always seem to like, like head PE always seemed to make like a, uh, one of the albums, like, you know, whether it was like the MLB, the show or the Madden mm-hmm. soundtrack, it was like, you'd be going through trying to like customize your create a player in Madden and you'd be listening to head PE the whole time. <laughs> so this song, I just looked it up. It is, it did not make the billboard hot 100 it got up to 49, but the Uh-oh. mainstream rock and modern rock, it got to number one. So, Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. And even hey, the, good for the, them. Number one alternative song of the 2000s, according to Billboard, also. Well, there you so, go. So good for them. I'm sure they made enough money to good for you know, do whatever the fuck you. they want. <laughs> yeah, Canada's own. Anyway, so um, I'll try and work in some headstrong stupid puns or something along the way. But we do have a wrestling show to get to. Um, 
to go along with this song. There is a wrestling show attached to the song. There uh, is. And that is, of course, as we mentioned, Bad Blood 2003. We are live from Houston. Um, we've covered extensively the build, and so we will we'll get into it. Uh, we talked about this before we start recording, but we get the opener. I thought it was this like opening video package. It was all right. It wasn't like super memorable. Um, you know, of course, on Peacock, you're unfortunately missing uh, the song Headstrong. You just get a generic like dubbed in like, uh, you know, a dub butt rock theme instead. So kind of takes a little bit of the juice out of it. The rest of it is like, you know, your typical like over dramatic, like melodramatic pay-per-view opening thing. But nothing like, I don't know, it didn't have any lines that stood out to me or anything. Hmm. I don't know about you, Keith. No, nothing, nothing crazy. Just your typical start to a, a B pay-per-view. I just realized I was calling them Head P.E. The Headstrong is the name of the song. Trapped is the name. Oh. I was getting right. them like backwards, and I knew Head P.E. was a band. So, yeah, no, right. Trapped. Yes. Conflating Sorry, your, it's fine. We all, come on, Keith, your butt about. rock bands. Uh, Seriously, yeah. oh, butt rock. No, my butt rock band is, uh, oh, I forget the name of it. I, I had it picked for me, though, so um, it's the, uh, the uh, the reason who mistake that's my button oh yeah, yeah yeah who mistake the reason that's my song i love that song i jammed out to that yeah. a lot anyway uh no nothing nothing crazy about this i do want to point out that this was one mm-hmm. of those shows that had sunday night heat as like the pre-show <laughs> mm-hmm. and i just kind of thought that was pretty funny <laughs> like we were still in the era where sunday night heat was happening <laughs> yeah it was like the free-for-all of the time basically. yeah yeah, so that was kind of cool, um, and of course we're setting up for the uh, the awesome friggin' uh, redneck triathlon. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I did like the set though. Uh, the opening was kind of forgettable, but I really dug the set. It had like the uh, what do you call it? Like uh, it was like paper lanterns, like uh, yes. but they were like yeah. giant blood drops, and they were yes. like projecting like images like the image of the blood onto it so i dug that i thought that was pretty cool it was it was one of their more memorable sets i think um that they've had that they had during this like kind of era uh which was kind of cool like they had they did have a lot of memorable sets for like these kind of beast pay-per-views and uh c shows or maybe even c pay-per-views whatever but yeah like i remember sometimes kind of even better than the big four you know Mm mm-hmm I mean, obviously WrestleMania, they would go all up, but you know, now that I think of it, this the WrestleMania during the uh, Ruthless Aggression era, I don't think they were anything that crazy to write home about, at least that I can remember. Yeah, you know? they were still pretty low key as far as like we're we're not quite in the stadium era where they yeah. would really start. I mean, nineteen was pretty cool, but it wasn't you know as a library what they would come to do later on. Yeah, twenty was just the regular ring entrance i think right like the same for uh the rumble right, right. that they had at the garden like it's just not that impressive right. at all the one that always um you know a pretty big show but i always remember wrestlemania 15 had like just the hang like i want to see when austin comes out he like almost like bumps into the sign like you see the sign swinging it's pretty cool <laughs> i mean the coolest thing they had up to that point was was at 13 when he came out in the glass shattered that was like the coolest thing and it was for one guy like that was it <laughs> Fantastic. And then they had the um, sparklers. That was it. Like they only did like two things. <laughs> right. So we'll be starting off with some fellows that were not quite on the level as uh, Steve Austin or Psycho no. Sid, and that is going to be the Dudleys, and they're going to be facing the team of uh, Rodney Mack and Chris Nowinski in our opener mm-hmm. here. Um, the storyline you mentioned heat, so this is building off of heat. Our opener, right off of heat, is that uh, Teddy is trying to recruit Devon. Uh, uh, and his main mantra is, you know, that Devon's being held down. 
And his thesis is, well, why are you always getting the table, Devon? Why does it always have to be you getting the table? Why is Bubba? Which actually I think is pretty good. <laughs> like, sure, it's not like the worst rationale there. But uh, so we get to the match. So they've built up Chris Nowinski as like a, um, you know, I guess a, a sympathetic member to Teddy Long's uh, establishment here. The match, though, pretty basic tag stuff. I thought the Dudleys had some solid teamwork here. Um, there's a guy that stood out to me the entire night. I noticed him immediately during this match, but there's a guy in a complete Tigger outfit. I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what his, uh, costume actually, not outfit, but he's, a just, full on, he's just excited. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know what the connection here is like, cause it's not Halloween, like in the, we're in June or whatever. So I don't know what the reason was, Maybe it's an inside joke. I don't get, but um, he was maybe the highlight of the match. Uh, Devon gets worked over. Rodney Mack comes in, hits a nice spine buster. Nowinski tries to use his, um, I, I should mention it was, um, so I had people actually reach out to me who are listening to pod. Thank you for, uh, I know Rocco Martone reached out and asked, he said that, uh, maybe I was thinking of Bill Lambeer with the, uh, the mask when I was trying to think of a basketball player, oh, or yeah. the facial mm-hmm. appliance. Yep. Um, and then Logan told me, uh, also Rip Hamilton of more of this era. Ah. Another guy. So thanks for the suggestions. I don't know who I was thinking of, but anyway, Nowinski tries to use the mask, but uh, Bubba uh, stops him. They do the was up drop, but Devon gets distracted by Teddy. And then finally Nowinski connects with the mask and costs uh, them the match and the Dudleys lose and Rodney Mack and Nowinski take it. So, you know, decent opener, but I will def- I give it two and a half. It was fine enough, but it definitely felt more like a, uh, the fair that we saw on raw than anything mm-hmm. I would say that felt pay-per-view worthy. I mean, I went to, I didn't, I mean, the, the most, the most interesting stuff that happened was on Sunday night heat between Teddy mm-hmm. Long and Devon. So, I mean, I didn't really enjoy this as much, but I mean, it, it makes sense. I'm not a, I, I, I didn't think Chris Nowinski was ever that good in the ring. Uh, Roddy Mac was never, you know, I was never a fan of Roddy Mac either. And the Dudley boys lost. So it was like, if the Dudley boys had won, it would have probably added to this, but you know, they didn't. So there you go. Right. I guess I'll see if the, uh, continuous storyline of, you know, Teddy pursuing Devon to join his, his right. group here. So maybe that's where they're going this, not sure, but you know, a decent, if forgettable, it felt like, uh, an extension of Sunday night heat yeah. <laughs> more than a, uh, yeah. Which, which is of, funny because, mm-hmm. you know, later on, the older I get and the more that I get, like, into, uh, I guess, independent wrestling, the more I kind of mm-hmm. get into this whole, like, if you're not on last, you want to be on first. And it's just being like mm-hmm. that, the history of, like, the opening match being kind of like a great banger to, like, set us off. Mm-hmm. And this just wasn't it. And it's like, that's what's kind of sad about it, you know? Right. And I think it's something they'll get to in later years when they start. I think they get to it, especially when they have the two world titles on the same show where they kind of get in this habit. where putting maybe like the lower world title matches, the opener. But, yeah, this is this one's not going to make any list of, you know, the openers by a long time. It's it's no Uh, it's no Haku and the Barbarian versus the Rockers. That's (laughs) no crush that. Um, all right, so we see that the uh, the first event, uh, well, actually, they spun for the first event of the uh, the Redneck Triathlon on Heat. It is a burping contest, so uh, mm-hmm. we head to the back. The room is all rednecked up. We have tobacco and chainsaws <laughs> and uh, Miller, Miller Lite everywhere, and we uh, we get to the burping contest. So the, the rules are they each get three burps, Austin and Eric. Uh, so we get to it. The burps are just 
ridiculously faint, <laughs> like clearly yeah. sound effects. Uh, yeah. So they go back and forth with different ones. I mean, like ridiculous, just them opening their mouths and it's clearly like a sound effect in the background. Austin finishes with uh, like, I would describe it as dinosauric. Felt very uh, Jurassic Park-esque, this <laughs> final yes. part. Um, but but he ends up winning. But what do you think of this as the opening of the uh, Redneck Triathlon? I mean, it's a good opening. Uh, you know, what else are you going to do? You know, I, I think I, it's kind of like, remember, like, Revenge of the Nerds? And they had the mm-hmm. burping contest and Booger wins against, uh, oh God, what was his name? I can't remember the guy's name. Ogre. Ogre was the bad guy for uh, the Alphas. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always good. A burping contest is always fun, you know? Yeah, it was all right. It, we'll get to, as we get through this whole redneck triathlon. This felt very like um, WWE, like Vince humor, like just oh, like, oh, thousand percent. This is a Vince joke, and if anything, it's a Vince. This is a fucking rib against Eric for being like you know thinking he was the shit for all those years in WCW. You know, right? Like it, it's it's not the most creative, but it's kind of silly, like them with the burps. I don't know. Like it's Vince, Vince loves burps and farts. He loves it. Vince is totally into like a gas. He's a gases kind of guy. He loves that shit. He won't let you sneeze in front of him, but he'll let you burp and fart in front of him. Right. So we'll see. I don't think we're gonna get the the comedy gold that we got in the uh, lie detector contest or no. this redneck triathlon, unfortunately. But um, Austin wins the first event with this with his burp, and um, we'll continue in a second. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll go off to our next match with the the disgusting test versus Scott Steiner in the uh, I guess a match based on Stacy Keebler's you know uh, autonomy as a human being, um, <laughs> who she has to work for against her will or whatever. Uh, we start with the uh, so this is like a famous spot here. Like I've definitely seen that. Why watching his back, I remember this, but. So we open in the very beginning of this as before the bell even rings, Steiner goes to, you know, jump test with it because Tess is like, uh, you know, <laughs> posing on the outside. He tries to do like an axe handle off the mm-hmm. apron. He just completely slips and really grazes test. I'm wondering if I, I need to go. I didn't go on YouTube or something, but I'm wondering if on P kind of edit it because you can't see it that well if. If this was the true angle they had on the pay-per-view, then good for them for quickly cutting away. But I was hoping to get, like, the down-the-ramp angle. But either way, yeah. he just slips and completely whiffs on this. Um, I'm sure you got a nice kick out of that as uh, Scott Steiner. Um, oh, oh, absolutely. It's so stupid. It's so bad. It's just, it's such a, I love that. I love that moment. It makes me laugh every time I see it. Like, whenever I see that on, like, a, you know, like, on a Botchamania blooper or something, I just get, I, right. I lose my mind. Very banana peel. He just completely slips. But it was from all <laughs> oil on his yeah. uh, mm-hmm. massive frame. Anyway, so they try to recover from that. Tess comes in, hits a few moves. Um, but every time he hits something, he's run his mouth to Stacy. We get a long chin lock there for a second. Steiner makes a comeback, hits his belly to belly. Um, Tess recovers, lumbers into like a full Nelson slam. Mm. Um, but Stacy gets up on the apron, slaps him. Tess does the old Jericho and gets pissed and goes to grab the chair. Stacy stops him. He pushes her out the way. Um, so they kind of play it that Stacy sort of sacrificed herself because then he walks into Big Papa Pump, hitting the flatliner to mm. uh, to take this and luckily save Stacy from Tess. Um, uh, 
I don't know, having her employment against her will. So uh Yeah, to 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 have the to win the employ the the wonderful managerial uh you know services of one Stacy Keebler. Thank All you. Right, he even gets a little grabby at the end too as she's getting mm-hmm. off the ring. He's pick pop a pump like he was right of it's right a pump. But... It's just it's such a bizarre like that's the one thing about this era that is so bizarre as you have you have just a roided out friggin' Steiner, you have a roided out Triple H, you have a roided out test. Like this is so many there's so many steroids in here. <laughs> right, right. So the Balco era of WWE. Yeah, the ba- yeah Balco, right? <laughs> uh, the match itself, you know, I love a Hoss fight more than anybody, but this one was kind of flat. It didn't have any, like, mm, for energy to any of the... Yeah. I thought the power moves here, they didn't start well with the the ridiculous banana peel slip at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I would have mm-hmm. started a half. Could be generous for this one. Haven't been digging the storyline. The match didn't deliver as a Hoss fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a great match. Uh, I bet you can guess what I would have given this. <laughs> <laughs> a flatliner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'll give it a half a star just because Stacey Keebler is a beautiful woman. But uh, And you know what? I will say I'm kind of a secret mark for Scott Steiner's music. I kind of like the... I don't know why. I like the fucking... I just love like the, the uh, ambulance sound. I don't know why. Yeah. I just kind of do. You know? If you hear me... Yeah. So unfortunately, unfortunately, his run peaked with that music mm-hmm. when he when he debuted at Survivor Series, and it's been pretty, all pretty much but all downhill from there for Big Pop Pump. So yeah, pretty bad match. That, yeah, nothing great. So not the hottest start here to Bad Blood. It's been more bad than blood. I'll say mm-hmm. matches. All right. So um, we head back to see the latest development of the uh, Redneck Triathlon. Eric wants to end the contest. He thinks it's stupid. Um, but then he's, he introduces, uh, he says that if they're going to do this, they're going to do it right. He introduces the pie, which is of course your, um, typical WWE, um, you know, local talents, oh, uh, sure. ladies that they have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start to debate who's going to get, go. <laughs> they debate who's going to get to go first. And Austin agrees to be a gentleman and says that Eric can go first, but he is going to pick the flavor of pie. So Eric, very excited about this. So. <laughs> Um, we don't get to it yet, but just setting the table for the uh, pie eating contest, which we've already established is going to be Poontang Pie, according That's to right. Stone Cold. That's right, yes. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> All right, so we set the table with that and uh, head on to our Intercontinental title match. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Christian versus Booker T. Christian had been the chicken shit champion since he won it in the Battle Royal. Booker T... Kind of been set up that this is, I guess, maybe his consolation prize for not winning the belt at Mania. We'll see how this goes. King's still pushing all the stuff about Booker T being a criminal, uh, you know, beating them to ground. Of course, we are. It's presented as Booker T in his hometown since we're here mm-hmm. in Houston. Yeah. A lot of feeling out to start. A lot of headlocks, jockeying for position. Uh, Christian takes over some methodical offense from him. Mm-hmm. Booker T opens it up. Uh, but. I think Christian seemed a lot more legit in this match than they built him. Like, he was actually in control a lot and seemed like a competent wrestler. They went more with, like, him being the heel in control than necessarily him being on, you know, like, uh, backpelling the whole time. Yeah. Even though that's sort of what his character's been portrayed as. Uh, 
Booker T, it's a scissors kick. I thought they transitioned that nicely for a nice little near fall. It's mm-hmm. been a Rooney time, but Christian wants to – now he's going for the chicken shit, and he wants to do the old move where he's just going to leave the building. Ref's not having it. He says that if uh, yeah. if he's going to leave, he will forfeit the title. And so instead of that, to save himself, he hits Booker T with the belt to uh, get a cheap DQ. So um, I thought it was a decent little match before we got to the ending, but it felt a little bit cheap for this pay-per-view. Like, you know, I went two and a half on it, but it seemed like a bit of a cop-out. It didn't mm. seem like icy title on pay-per-view level to me like no. it was decent like two and a half but i don't know to me if you're gonna pull the trigger on booker t this is probably where you do it i guess maybe they i don't know weren't planning on it i guess we'll see but it was an okay match but it didn't really stand out i have a i mean it's it, i, I would have probably bet the house that christian would have at least won uh because it's houston and vince hates hates having the hometown mm-hmm. guy win uh, which is funny that Booker T actually won by disqualification. I'm trying to think it, 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 the chicken shit heel champion trying to like get the, like that's like a, such a common trope in at least WWE, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think like, has there been like a heel champion at like that level that like would just always be like, Nope, I'm going to go in and I'm just going to kick the shit out of you and leave. Like, I mean, right. Jesus, Austin, maybe <laughs> like Austin, right, might yeah, the, right. well, Austin might have been the last like heel intercontinental champion that was just like, no, this is my title. And I'm just going to and he really wasn't a heel because he had already kind of turned by the point by the time he won it. But like, it's just that's just I, I find it kind of mm-hmm. funny. It's like it's always like that's just such a common trope. Like and Christian is not like he plays a chicken shit. OK, but he's he plays a much better like dick heel. Jericho's a dick, good dick heel. You know, and that's kind of where I would see it. Like, I would have thought like this would have been kind of what that is. Like Christian would have been basically like Jericho light and he's not. And um, yeah, I mean, they should have just I know they weren't going to get Booker the title this quickly, but I mean, they should have. You know, I would have liked to have seen them have a few more minutes too. like I looked at the time. It was like 753. Like, that's just too quick. You know, this could have been the match of the night and it wasn't. Right. This one, I mean, wh- whoever wins is one thing, but I think these two guys are talented. They clearly yeah. have time on this show as we, uh, you know, I, it, we'll get to it. But the show goes, I remember at the time, um, I actually got the show, like, quick aside, like, this was one of these shows. I, I was young, so I was like, sure. I would have been like tw- 12 or 13. And I, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, I saved up my grass cutting money. We, me and one of our buddies went to order it. And so um, we dreaded, like, cable box issues like trying oh, yeah. to order it so uh, we went the 2003 equivalent of spoiler free on monday and bought the mm-hmm. replay on tuesday which very easy to stay spoiler free back then i just didn't watch raw and that's all i had to do to and so we watched it tuesday but i remember at the time because we were super hyped for it and like you know back in those days for sure a kid and i paid for it with my own money i was like all right pay-per-view and i remember the runtime being like it only went like two and a half hours or something. Like, yeah, I feel like the show ran pretty under as mm-hmm. far as pay-per-views go. So anyway, they have time considering they spend God knows how much on this redneck triathlon. Like, why not let these guys have a showcase intercontinental title match? Yeah. I mean, they're both capable and it's kind of hoping for more of that, but I feel like they kind of cut it off before it could really kick into any kind of high gear. So I'm yeah, with like you. you. It, it didn't seem like an IC title, like workhorse match. 
Right. And you knew that, like, you knew Triple H was going to go, like, over 20 minutes. You knew it was because he, everything he does is over 20 minutes. But, like, other matches on the show are very fast. And mm-hmm. it, they had time. And it, it, especially now that I didn't even realize it was only two and a half, I, it, it felt mm-hmm. quick, but I didn't know for sure that it was like two and a half hours. That's like. That's a very fast pay-per-view. <laughs> like that's a that's almost like right. not even worth paying for it. So, you know, I mean, they should have given these guys at least at least twice as long to let them develop. Um, but then again, maybe you would have just ended up having like a bunch of rest holds and that would have been mm-hmm. awful, you know. So right. I don't know. Right. It's weird. It's like it was like an opposite I remember distinctly it ran short because you know it's weird. It's like an opposite. Like now we're like, oh, these shows are too long, etc. Yeah. But back then you're like, I paid my thirty bucks. You're giving my three hours. Like, and well, I should remember watching. I was like, damn, it's over already. Like, yeah, three hours is three hours is what it should be. Anything right. more than that, and you're just you know you're just you're just sitting there masturbating with yourself, like right. as a booker. Like that's it. <laughs> so. um but yeah, kind of disappointing there. So I would say overall, so far, it's been very the the undercard so far has felt very rawish to me. Like it does not felt yeah. very distinctly like we're watching a pay per view. Like any of these matches could easily fit right along with what we've been seeing on Raw, mm-hmm. which is not not a positive. So no. All right, but uh, well, we have not seen a Raw as a, a poontang pie eating contest, which. Uh, <laughs> Uh, is the second event in our Redneck Triathlon. Of course, King's hosting it because anything to do with, you know. Puppies. Yeah, right. He's got a host. Uh, so they get in there. Austin then starts talking about how, like, Eric is a man of class and culture or something. He likes mature women. Uh, he calls him Eric Jerkoff, which I thought was actually a pretty good line. Yeah. Um, Austin then tells him it will not be the ladies that Eric hired or brought in. And, of course, you can kind of see where this is going when he says mature woman. And oh, he yeah. brings out May Young. Uh, mm-hmm. May is uh, looking fantastic. She has like a negligee with her ass cheeks like fully hanging out. Uh, JR with a good light. He said she provided the entertainment at the Last Supper, which is like a, <laughs> that's a good, uh, that's <laughs> that's a, a that's a good JR. That is a good line, yeah. Eric, uh, Eric, Eric refuses. And so Austin does the math and tells him, well, I won the first event. So if you forfeit this, I win the whole thing. Eric has a change of heart. Uh, May lays a big kiss on him. Uh, uh, Eric thinks he's going to get off took that easy. And Austin says, hey, 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 there's, that wasn't a pie eating. That was just a kiss. He's like, you can kiss your mother like that. So, of course, May backs him into a corner. He eats the Bronco Buster, which, you know, you can figure it out. Yeah. Um, uh, the way they shot this, like I said, just <laughs> during the Bronco Buster where he's, uh, you know, eating the pie. You get a, a nice uh, close-up shot of May's uh, pancake ass. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so um, Eric says, "Fine, I did it. Now it's your turn, Austin." And Austin just says, uh, "You can have. I'll let you have the dub," <laughs> which I thought was good too. Um, that was great. That was great. <laughs> and he fucking stuns me, Young. I love that era Stone Cold. I mean, he still does. Like whenever he shows up, he stuns somebody. But I just love that era Stone Cold. Where he he just stunned. It didn't matter who the hell he was stunning. <sighs> um, but spoiler for I don't want to give away my reaction to the last event. But this was the highlight of the like this to me was a like yeah. this is what they need to do with this is like make it so ridiculous like May Young with her ass hanging like if you're gonna do this stuff I need it to be over the top and ridiculous not just like oh, sure. hey look fake like fake burps in this 
this was definitely the uh, the best of the uh, the redneck mm-hmm. triathlon. Um, I mean, I kudos to Mae Young for. I mean, yeah. she's probably eighty something at this point, and she's still doing the friggin' Bronco Buster. Good, God bless her. You know, she's a gamer. May she rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> God rest her soul. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, well done here. So we were tied up one-one after uh, <laughs> I can't get out of that JR line. That was like JR usually doesn't have the lines like that, but no. But and I love this cold is dry, dry delivery too. Yeah. Provide the entertainment at the last supper. Oh, it's very proud of entertainment at the last supper. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, yeah, that was good stuff. Ugh. All right. So we will we'll see the uh dramatic conclusion in just a minute. Mm-hmm. All right. We see uh we see Kane backstage, he's staring at himself in the back. Uh we get a recap package of the tension between the champs here between Kane and R V D. And uh then we cut to uh, loud resistance running down George Bush uh, mm. because uh, they hate America or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Because reasons. Right. <laughs> but see, like, even as I'm describing, I feel like I'm running down a raw episode. Like, there's a lot of backstage between the Redneck Triathlon and all this stuff. There's a lot of non quick yes. matches and a lot of non wrestling content for what you would normally expect on a pay per view. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like they haven't had. It, it it's like it, it is it's a very weird it is a very weird pay-per-view i don't know what i was gonna say i was gonna say something about like it's not like they haven't had pay-per-views where you know they have multiple things that they're trying to wrap up it just doesn't seem like they're wrapping anything up really right it's all yeah it feels like tv matches they're quite and it's, this yeah. match we're about to talk about is not that much different it's, no it's the beginning of the era where again i keep saying beginning of the era but it's like it's the beginning of the where Oh, we're gonna watch the pay per view to, to to promote what we're doing next tomorrow night on Raw, you know, because that's mm-hmm. where they're getting all their money because it's all the commercial time. Right. So. All right. So we get La Resistance versus Kane and RVD for the titles. Um, mm-hmm. I believe La Resistance in the build to this won a non-title match, if I'm recalling correctly, that mm-hmm. set this up. Uh, they have not impressed very much in ring for sure. The characters are okay as like just foreign heels but in ring they have done little to impress me yeah uh, rvd controls but he's already arguing with his partner as he and kane have some miscommunication but kane still gets in starts throwing the french around for quite a bit uh they try some double teams the french do but kane no sells that and kind of keeps hammering them um but this is where we get the uh, the breakdown as rvd goes for a plancha and hits kane inadvertently um so that kind of throws them all off they're arguing they get inside. RVD gets hit with the flapjack, the double flapjack by the French, and they end up picking up the win and winning the title in pretty short order. This match is like all of about, again, like another maybe five minute match, I would say, yeah. if I recall. Yeah. Uh, and just, I don't know. I really didn't like this. The match was nothing. I mean, it was very short. It was just kind of like RVD and Kane getting a few shots in, and then, mm-hmm. you know, them stealing the win, the miscommunication. Very. Sp- like how do you say that like express laned very blah and like yeah it was just about kane and rvd breaking up and that whole breakup seems very kind of blah and rushed and hasn't really been earned honestly mm-hmm. like they just started this whole thing of kane being all emo or whatever like a week ago and now he and rvd are breaking up liars and sons do not seem like they're ready to be champs they've shown nothing i went one star i did not like 
really any of this. I don't know. I think that the tag, them breaking up felt just kind of forced and a lot of resistance are just kind of not good. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're dead on right with that. Did it seem like Kane had already shaved his head at this point? And he was like, does it kind of look like he's wearing a wig already? Yeah, it's fine. He's gearing up. Yeah, like, because, I mean, well, obviously, that was, they must have said something to him and said, like, we're going to take the mask off, and this is going to be the new thing for you now, but it just, he, yeah, he just, he already looked like he cut his hair, but, um, yeah, no, this is, this was, like you said, it's a raw, it's like a raw match, and it's, it is one of those things where it's like, the title doesn't make a difference, the champion, whoever the title changes doesn't make a difference, because the story here is the breakup of RVD and Kane, um, I guess they had to do this. I didn't realize they did, but okay, you know. So there you go. But yeah, I wasn't. I would. I would probably say a star is about as accurate. Yeah. Right, and the thing is, like, if you're expecting that to be where the match gets the juice from, there really hasn't been a ton of build to this. Like, they try with the video package, but it's like this mm. has been some like huge drawn out like, you know, like their relationship has been unravel been unraveling for weeks or something it's just they did a, yeah like they did a much better job and not that i don't think they actually broke up but like when it was the team hell no stuff that they did with daniel bryan and kane was so much better and it's not mm-hmm. like rob van dam can't be in interesting you know comedy or even just like uh interesting stuff altogether i mean he's a very capable guy of like being in like you know mm-hmm. a storyline so I just, uh, maybe they just didn't, maybe the two of them just didn't really gel in real life, you know? I wonder if they just decided, like, the next, like, where they want to go with Kane, and so they're like, all right, we're going to hurry up and get this over with so we can, yeah, you know what I mean, like, plans change, we need Kane to be, you know, the chapter that we're heading to soon. Yeah. So they're like, all right, let's try, let's try and milk this for what it's worth and get out of here, like... Which is a lot of, it's like the story of 03. There's a lot of things like that where they do things and then they quickly mm-hmm. pivot to something else and it just kind of feels like everything changes and they don't yeah. really, without much payoff. So, yeah. It fits. All right. So, I would say this kind of wraps up the, the, the real undercard part of this. The, we're really getting into our main marquee matches here, but we've said it over and over again, but uh, I'll say it again. It just felt way too much like Raw. This first, like, half of the show just. Um, Raw hasn't been good, and this kind of felt like an extension of Raw. So, if the show's going to get anywhere, it needs to be saved by these uh, our more main event yeah, matchups. Yeah, these marquee here. matchups. Yeah, right. And our first one is going to be Goldberg versus Jericho, which uh, mm-hmm. has gotten a pretty good build. I've enjoyed it. I like Jericho kind of gigging up our hand on Goldberg through this. He's been real good. Uh, and so the they, we do a recap package with that, which is pretty well done. And so. Uh, we get down to the match. Uh, so the whole story into this also is that uh, Goldberg has not been able to spear Jericho because Jericho's kind of outsmarted him the whole time. So, yep. see. All right. So uh, Jericho tries to use his speed against Goldberg. That does not work at all as Goldberg just starts tossing him around the ring. Uh, but he does manage to dodge a spear on the outside, and Goldberg uh, goes to the barricade. So, yeah, kind of a. a yeah, it is uh, a sign of things to come as the barricade spot will be almost like an every pay-per-view thing. I feel like in WWE by like pres- present day, uh, <laughs> but uh, Jericho, very astute. He goes right on the shoulder, uh, pounces onto it. Some good offense by him. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought Goldberg uh, did a pretty good job selling the shoulder as uh, Jericho goes right after it. Um, like I like that. Uh, he does like a little midair arm bar, kind of like arm breaker move. That was pretty cool. Sure. 
Um, he keeps getting some near falls on Goldberg, but he can't put him away despite the injury. Goldberg, I thought this was a pretty good spot. I mean, it's it's Goldberg, so it's a little sloppy, but the uh, Jericho goes for the line salt, and uh, Goldberg kind of gets up and grabs him, and then uh, kind of slams him off of that. So I thought that was a pretty good spot. Mm-hmm. Um, hits the spear, but Jericho is able to escape the jackhammer and lock in the walls. Um, Goldberg eventually powers out of that. Hits another spear, gets the jackhammer, and that's all she wrote. So, um, yep. I, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good match. I thought Jericho, it reminded me very much of um, DDP Goldberg, uh, mm. the, their matches, So, mm-hmm. which I've always enjoyed. So, it kind of had that vibe. I thought Jericho uh, did a good job of making a non-squash Goldberg match, which is difficult to do. Very few have pulled off, like... You know, yeah. usually Goldberg's greatest matches are, you know, five minutes. So yeah, I, ended yeah. going, I ended up going three on this one. It was, you know, straightforward, but I think they had the story going, had some cool spots, yeah. at least a decent amount of drama with the near fall. So uh, good on them. Goldberg did his thing, and I thought Jericho did a good job of putting Goldberg in like a, in a spot to do well. That's I, I would say the exact same thing. I went three as well. I was going to say like this went like 11 minutes for Jericho to bring Goldberg to 11 minutes is that's made of that's like Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, Jericho Jericho's doing, you know, God's work here. I mean, and I think that um, it just shows how awesome he is at, at being like a ring general and things like that. So. Yeah, I like the spots. I love the barricade spot again because it wasn't something mm-hmm. that happened all the time. Um, right. Yeah, the the walls. The I love seeing like you know not the walls the um the Jaris no the moon salt no what was it the lion um, salt yeah no lion salt oh. yeah like I like mm-hmm. yeah no I mean it was it's a it's a good it was a good match overall I mean it was for for a Bill Goldberg match it was a good match so I'm not gonna right. complain I went through the stars as well. Like you said, 11 minutes, you know, for Goldberg, that's like a 30-minute <laughs> epic, yeah. you know? It's a prog, right. so, you know, that's a good, good time. Right. Again, no classic or anything, like nothing, I think, you know, on that level, but also not a disaster. So I think yeah. for what you would expect from this, I think it delivered okay. Like, I don't think you would walk away from this match disappointed. And, I mean, you're not, you're not thinking Jericho's going to win. Yeah. but No. You know? I think he looked impressive. We'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see where the Goldberg saga continues. But I think this is a like. I think if you're trying to get Goldberg, you know, hold him over till he can skyrocket to the main event. You know, mm-hmm. there's worse ways than a little B pay per view match with Jericho. So yes. So I'd say one for one so far on these upper card matches. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. So we learned that our final event is going to be a. Uh, a sing-off uh, as they spin the wheel and Austin is downtrodden by this. Cause he, uh, he admits, I love him saying this here. Cause I, uh, have you heard me sing? I suck. <laughs> Which is <laughs> great. I know. So, right. Like for... I know I, we know, we know how bad Austin is. So Eric Bischoff is really going to have to phone this in. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, who's going to win, but it's just, it's funny. Like, if we were putting our kayfabe hat on, like Bischoff's gonna have to suck because Austin is not—he cannot carry a tune if it, right. he can't carry a tune if it had handles on it. <laughs> behind the eight ball, Austin behind the eight ball on the uh, the singing. So we'll see. All right, well then we go already to our semi-main event match. It's gonna be uh, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. 
um, promoted as kind of a legend versus legend. Uh, good build here. Uh, I know we enjoyed the promo that we uh, we talked about that little uh, back and forth promo they had on Raw was a highlight, and um, I, I like this video package because they uh, they they dusted off the classic flare footage, which again is like in 03, they weren't quite. I mean, they had just gotten the library like within the past couple of years when they bought WCW. So this is like yeah. one of your first instances of them like really utilizing that and showing like the old. You know, showing classic NWA flair in here, like just to kind of, you know, put yep. their two eras against each other. So I thought that was really well done the way they uh, put this package together. Enjoyed it quite um, a bit. Yes, uh, I know Shawn Michaels has always been a big fan of like whoever the guy is that put the packages together. I think in, mm-hmm. I think he's talked about it like multiple times, like in Hall of Fame speech and stuff like but he always said that like you know that was like the biggest thing about about him is that he had undertaker too undertaker's another guy who Mm -hmm. always talked about like the guys that put together the packages backstage and i mean the 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 running up that hill where you know i think it's the first no it's i think Mm -hmm. it's the second the second undertaker match that he fights mm-hmm. at the end, I think is like probably one of the best ever. And I think it's the last one. And, um, it's just so good, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like one of those things, like, uh, no matter what era I feel like of, of WWE mm. you're looking at, like, it's like a consistent, like, yeah, they I know mean, how to put together like, packages, right? They could definitely yeah. make like these things. If you only watch the promo packages, they can make some of these angles look much, much more eventful than they really were. Yep. As we'll see when we get to our main event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so we get to the match here. Uh, I love Flair in the uh, in Texas in the uh, he had the uh, Texas Longhorn orange robe on. So nice little touch by Flair there. Um, we get some chain wrestling to start, kind of kind of letting you know that we're going to be here for at least a minute. That they're doing this feeling out, and also just putting over that these are two like you know wrestlers, wrestlers that they so they started out on the mat. HBK yeah. lays in the chops. Flair goes for the knee, lands his own chops. Um, early figure four here. So, um, classic flair, uh, Sean is able to get out of that and hits a, um, I thought a really well-timed enziguri. So right as flair's picking up some momentum, Sean cuts him off with the enziguri. Sean gets his own figure four. What, uh, flair breaks him with the eye poke. Sean randomly goes outside and sets up a table. Um, Randy Orton runs down. Sean takes him out and then sets flair up on the table and does the, uh, splash similar to what he did in the triple H match at SummerSlam. Uh, off the top rope, really nice splash to the table, um, which sends Flair into a full-on like Flair moaning frenzy, where Flair, where Flair yeah. does the uh, ah, oh, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like just constantly. Uh, ah, <laughs> yeah, that's good. And uh, classic Flair too, like uh, somehow he takes a splash to a table and he's bleeding from the back, yeah. like them. Yeah, and just bleeds like a uh, paper paper skin, but. Um, bleeding from his back or if he well, asked him paper. Blood, you know? <laughs> right, got a blood. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the lipoma uh, bleeding. Uh, you can ask Tim Capel about that. Yeah, Ric right. Flair's famous lipoma <laughs> on his back. Uh, anyway, um, Flair mules both Sean and the ref, which I thought was a fun spot that he yeah. extends his legs so far and kicks them both in the nuts at the same time. Um, Sean speeds up and starts hammering with a little bit of flurry. Beautiful elbow drop um, from Sean. Hits the sweet chin music, but Orton comes in, lays him out with a chair, and then Flair um, steals the pin off of that. Uh, yeah. So, what'd you think about this? I enjoyed it for what it was, but I do feel like 
it hit like a good borderline, very good, but it kind of, I feel like they cut it off with the, that finish before it hit like that next level and could like, I feel like they were cooking, but then it's sort of like the end was a little bit flat. Like Orton just comes in, hits him with the chair. And then, you know, like I felt like if they, this went five to 10 more minutes, you could have got like a truly great match, but for what it was, it was just kind of good. Um, you know what? Now that you say that, I would agree with you. I mean, I was, I'm looking at this, this is the match of the night and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's Flair is Flair's great here. You know, like I think mm-hmm. Flair is yeah. great. You know, especially considering his age and just you know he's still still rocking and rolling. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he's not he's not wrestling. It's not him in Steamboat '89, but I mean, it's 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 still pretty good. You know, and and I'm looking at this and but you're kind of right with that. If they just got like five more minutes, like right. Randy Orton hitting the chair, have Michaels kick out the first time you know mm-hmm. which is something that would have happened now like if they did that now like he would have kicked right. out a thousand percent he would have kicked out the first time so maybe have him have one more you know one more hope spot where he's like coming back but then maybe have randy orton come in and um I mean, he wasn't doing the rko really yet so what was his move at this time? I don't remember what he was doing. At this yeah, well, time. he's. I think we covered. He hit it like literally for the first time, so it's yeah. not like over yet. But it would have been. Well, I mean, that would have been an awesome way to get it over if he right, came right. in and he hit. He hit the RKO and then like, and then Flair steals the pin. Maybe that would have been awesome because yeah, then it's something up, more. Just anything yeah, more. Then it can set up because then it can set up Randy Orton and Shawn Michaels at the next pay per view. You know, but yeah, still, I I think I went. Um, I think I went three and a half on this. Yeah, you know? I'm about yeah. the same. Three and a quarter, three and a half is about right. Yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. it was there, but it never, you know, yeah. got to that. Ne- Again, I loved everything they did in this. Yeah, it just no, felt you're right. Like it's that, just the next like level. Like the final act was, mm-hmm. yeah, was not yeah. there. Yeah, and, it's almost uh, like they got to go home five minutes too early, and that was what they said. Oh, shit, we have like a bunch of stuff we want to do. And they're like, nope, no time. All right, here we right. go. You know, and it's like if you build this as like this legend, you know, these two icons or whatever, it's mm-hmm. kind of like you want them to like empty the tank, like fuck it, like yeah, it makes you like wonder like, if like their last match, you know, right? Exactly. It it kind of felt yeah, exactly. We'll get it in a few years, but yeah. it almost makes you wonder if um, you know, the people coming up didn't want to be. Either maybe they didn't want to show him up, even though I can't imagine Flair and Shawn Michaels uh, being a, given a shit about that. I wonder if it was like any kind of directive to not empty the tank mm-hmm. as to not show up our main event. Again, just speculating. It's possible. Not saying that's true, but well, wouldn't first, shock me. Yeah, the first um, the first Undertaker, Michaels got that shit, got that shit because I think was was the main event Randy Orton and Triple H. I think, I, for that think mania, right. I think you're right. Yeah, and I think that, that that's why the following year that went on last, because I think they were like, we're not going on after that. Like, those two guys, right. like, they, they emptied the tank. They left everything out there. We're not doing it. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. No no show stealing tonight, fellas. We got to have Kevin Nash in the building. <laughs> right, right. Come on. Let's tone it back. Keep it in second gear, guys. <laughs> We'll we got Kevin Nash and his quads. We got them <laughs> right. in the building. <laughs> All right. So, um, but before we get to that main event, um, we will get the final of the Redneck Triathlon, which will be the uh, the singing contest. And um, actually, good King line here. It's just a ridiculous. 
completely disgusting when he says something about like Eric comes out and he's still kind of like thrown off in the pie and he says looks like Eric still has a little bit of pie crust on his lips. <laughs> oh god. Ah. <laughs> So good. Uh, wow. Um, so Eric comes. Uh, he's clearly lip syncing. He says he's going to sing his own theme song. Again, just like the burping, just ridiculous, like lip syncing. Austin comes in, cuts him off, says he's lip syncing. Um, then Eric has to sing for real, and he's absolutely terrible at it. Um, Austin is so, I should say he's backstage, like on the Titan Tron, and he says that. All right, so neither one of us could sing, so we both lose that one. So why don't we respin? He respins it and um, doesn't actually respin it because he just stops on what he wants, which is the I don't even remember what they called it the pig pin, um, something with a pig pin. Either yeah. way, and they kind of, they kind of, we knew this was coming because I think early in the show they like showed a little glimpse of the pig pin. Can't imagine they pay for that for nothing. Mm-hmm. So, um, Eric comes out, he gets tripped by the, um, that fucking, uh, furniture, Houston furniture guy who always bets like, I don't know if you've ever seen this guy. He bets like millions of dollars, on, like the Astros to win the world series every year and all this ridiculous stuff. He's like famous now for gambling, but, um, apparently in the front row. He trips Eric Bischoff, uh, Austin beats him up a little bit and then throws him in off the stage terrible like lackluster off the stage bump by Eric here. Yeah. It was no great American bash uh ninety six where Kevin Nash power bombs him. Cause like you're thinking he's gonna go back first and he just kinda like flops into it on his feet. So yeah. uh, not impressed. But he falls in the mud. Um, you know Austin celebrates with the beer. They all laugh at Eric and and that was it. So uh that is your redneck triathlon. Keep up Keith Obo's everything you ever dreamed of. Yeah, I mean, as a I'm boy so growing excited. up in Massachusetts. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm so thrilled. I mean, it's the greatest thing ever. Um, it was, yeah. I mean, it was. It certainly wasn't the lie detector episode we watched of SmackDown, but I mean, there's obviously one big missing thing here, and that's Vince. <laughs> like, if it was, if it was mm-hmm. Austin Vince, 1998, this would have been fantastic, you know. Um, but I mean, I guess we're dealing with what we have. I mean, Bischoff is. Bischoff is very, very, very Vince light. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what we were expecting. So, I mean, you knew Austin was going to win. He's not going to lose. He's, right. he's he's sending the crowd home happy. I'm just, I guess I'm glad they didn't do this instead as the main event. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, imagine if this was the last thing that you did at the end of the show. Yeah. I think Austin and Eric are both really awesome what they do and are good at comedy stuff. I just think they were given kind of crap material for this. Like to yeah. me, the only real funny one was the May Young. So the other stuff was so like uncreative and just like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, barping contests and the lip syncing. Yeah. And another thing is that it takes up like, I don't know how much time on a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Like this is not like, I don't need this kind of, like not even like funny. It's like the most lame like WWE comedy stuff, like the yeah. the lip syncing and you know right yeah, back with the God Godwins with the pigs and shit. Yeah, well, like you said, it's just it's a recap of it's a it's another Raw. This is a Raw mm-hmm. thing. Like it should have just stayed on Raw, you know. But yeah, or do the two out of the three on Raw, and then mm-hmm. have the last one be on the pay. Yeah, have may be on the pay per view, and you're yeah. like, yeah. You know, like, and then you have your hook because it's like the pie eating contest was the one they built as like, okay, well, how are they going to do this? How are you going to do like <laughs> eating pie on pay-per-view? Right, like, right. At so least there's intrigue there, I guess. 
Yeah, so that's exactly what I would have done, is I would have done that. I would have done the the burping contest or a beer drinking contest on Raw, and mm-hmm. then you do the karaoke contest or something you do on the following week Raw, mm-hmm. and, then that, and then you have both of them are tied one-to-one. And then you go into the final one, and the final one is the is the pie eating contest, and and have it just be like have it end where Bischoff kisses Mae Young, and Vince and our and Austin goes that's that's not a that's not eating pie that's and then so he loses, and then mm-hmm. have like and then have Mae Young do the friggin' Bronco Buster or yeah. something you know, and then you can yeah. have like you know and then you have the next night on Raw you have Bischoff come out and be like I ate that pie and you know like that's. Yeah do and that's at least a funny segment that you can carry over but yeah that takes up you know five ten minutes on the paper yeah not this all of this which takes up like a tremendous amount of time yeah Uh, i think you're exactly right so much so that they had to cut they had to cut five minutes from flair and michaels (laughs) freaking uh booker t and christian (laughs) yeah so you have a fucking burping contest (laughs) sorry all right. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So we're at our main event here. Um, we talked about the video packages and they are their money on this one. Cause this triple H Kevin, they, I mean, they have this like over the top choir music, like making this seem like it is the most epic view uh, that you have I ever love, witnessed. I do love Oh three triple H. <laughs> He's so fucking full of himself. It's puffy shirts. Oh God. Uh, this music is like, oh, 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 oh. it's like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like they've, done, they've done nothing. They've done mm-hmm. nothing during this feud. It's been yeah. so like Kevin Nash has been on TV a total of like eight, eight minutes total in the past month. It's absurd. Um, and, but it loses. We don't get headstrong in this on the, on Peacock. No. So if you're going to watch this, if you want to yeah. watch this video package, make sure you YouTube it or, you know, dark web or wherever it- you got to go. Cause it loses a lot without headstrong. This this version of this Kevin Nash, this version of Kevin Nash, is the version of Kevin Nash that Johnny C always does, where he's just like, "Hey, <laughs> I'm just Kevin Nash sitting here drinking wine." Like that's that's this version of Kevin yeah. Nash is, is the Johnny C version. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's too. This is like too serious for Nash. I feel like this is yeah. not his. Yeah. He's not meant to be like taking himself this seriously. No, not his strength. He needs to be like smart ass, either like NWO smart ass or like TNA, where he's just like ridiculous, like yeah, <laughs> you know, like, meta Kevin Nash. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, and even when even when he was at his like his end run of Diesel, mm-hmm. he wasn't this serious, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he kind of had the attitude. Uh, so we, we lower the cell here. And speaking of that, she gets like, I was like, the reaction here is like nothing. I was like, ooh. Like, yeah. he gets absolutely no pop from the crowd at all. Like, not even like a, hey, look, that's Kevin Nash. Like, he's a legend. It was just nothing. Like, yeah, it was it was rough. But um, so the, we quickly get to some brawling on the outside. And I have to say, like, early going and throughout this whole match, the, the one thing they do nail in this match is the violence level. I thought was pretty good. Like, Using yes. the cage, using mm-hmm. the ring posts, like um, oh yeah, yep. It didn't. They they hit it on that, like, but it also didn't quite have like the hate filled intensity that you would kind of want from this. But I thought the the violence was there, like um, 
I like Nash throwing the steps like at him. I thought that was a cool spot. Triple H mm-hmm. pulls out the toolbox and then <laughs> hits him in the head with a hammer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of an absurd spot. Um, Sledgy Jr. <laughs> um, so we, uh, I should mention, of course, our ref here is Nick, Mick Foley, not Nick Foley. Oh, yeah. Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. Mick Foley takes the hammer away. Nash is bleeding here. Um, then Triple H gets a screwdriver and tries to mm. stab him in the face with a screwdriver. So trying to murder him here. Um, actually gets him, gets a nice little jab in with the uh, with the screwdriver. Then we got the barbed wire two by four, the uh, mm-hmm. Cactus Jack favorite. Uh, Nash gets it, nails Triple H with it. So now Triple H is bleeding everywhere. Uh, yep. Nash hits a flurry. Tons of blood from both guys. Triple H especially is uh, wearing the uh, crimson mask here. Triple H uh, gets a wooden crate, smacks Nash in it, uh, and kind of s- separates them. Uh, he finally gets a sledgehammer, uh, but he gets tripped into the stairs. I kind of always like that spot. I have to say, when Triple H gets, uh, he sells that really well when they do the whole, uh, when he gets uh, like the drop toe hold in the stairs. Yeah. Always kinda, that spot is pretty well done. Yeah. Uh, Nash tries to go after him with the chair, but gets hobbled. Uh, Triple H goes after the knee. Foley gets hit with the steps and uh, gets pulls out Sacco to go after gets Triple H with that. Triple H low blows out of it. Foley gets knocked off the apron and a pretty sick bump for old retired Foley flying off the apron into the cage. Mm-hmm. Nash gets back, catapults Triple H into the barbed wire, hits the power bomb, but uh, Triple H is able to kick out, um, which is uh, insane that he kicked out of that, but it was a good near fall. The crowd really woke up on that one. Yeah. Hits Nash with the sledgehammer, and it hits the pedigree for a very slow, methodical win as it takes him a while to get the pin, and mm-hmm. Foley finally counts to three. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I think they want this to be like Magnum TA, Tully Blanchard. It doesn't have that level of intensity or, like, you know, that much juice to the actual feud of what they're yeah. doing. But again, this could have been, I thought, much, much worse and way more boring. Like, the violence was good. The blood was there. I thought they both sold, like, the brutality of what they were doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. Again, I think to make this work on a super high level, you have to have that emotion, which they didn't quite have. So it's more like a, uh, it's like a diet Magnum and Tully. It's like a great value version of that, which for me is still worth. I gave it three. So, yeah. Not bad. No, I, 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 I. Actually, you know what? I went three and a half for this as well. Um, I really liked it. Um, Nash impressed me a lot. Um, like I said, it's not, I didn't expect him to be in this point because, you know, he just seems kind of like he should be, like you were saying, just kind of like goofy or, you know, just the way he wasn't like the way he wasn't everything else he's in, you know? And, but I mean, the violence is there, you know, I mean, all three guys friggin' bled, which is kind of cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I like the, uh, the, the wooden crate was weird. Like just, that's like, I've never seen that. Before, Random. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of liked it. I kind of dug it. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that, um, they gave this enough time. Like I said, it was like 20 minutes. Um, it could have been, like you said, it could have been a lot worse, but, yeah, I didn't hate it. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I actually did. I was I was thoroughly enjoyed, thoroughly impressed, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind it either, right? Like, it's not, again, not any, like, greatest match of all time or anything. No. But I no. think they went the right route with going with all the bullshit, like all the yeah. weapons and stuff. I think it's much better than if these two, I mean, 
the cell wasn't really played into the match that much. It was kind of more of a street fight, but it doesn't really matter. Like they use the cage yeah. a bit, but but I also yeah, I mean, but it's mm-hmm. it's also one of these things where it's like when Tully and Ar- when Tully and Magnum fought, you mm-hmm. you didn't you know you probably didn't know that they were friends in real life, you know, mm-hmm. or that they at least liked each other and respected each other enough. By this point, you know that Kevin Nash and Triple H are like. Wasn't like Kevin Nash's friggin' best man at the wedding. Like, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like, so it's really hard for me to just to believe that this mm-hmm. is like a real blood feud. But then again, like the match with Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam, it, it's so believable, but it's because it's Shawn Michaels, you know? And okay. I mean, if anything, you're just, you, I didn't even care that. It, it, there was like a feud with that. I would have actually like if he had just said, "I want to wrestle you, Sean, because I want to prove that you can't do this anymore." And then mm-hmm. like, and then they had that match. Like that would have been awesome, you know. Like you didn't need Triple H throwing him through a friggin' you know car window or all that other bullshit that it wasn't like with it. It was just, I don't think mm-hmm. you can do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you and prove that you can't do it anymore, you know. And that would have been just the same. And it would kind of been the same thing with this, like, you know. I, I don't I want the title. I'm gonna take it from you. You can't take it from me. You're my best friend. I don't care. I'm gonna take it from you. And then that's where you get this. But well, this is what we got instead. And it's a real it's a good comp because it's basically like they're trying to do the same story, but it's wild how much better executed it is yeah. when it's Shawn Michaels. And I think part of it is the crowd still cares about Shawn Michaels and the crowd you know, the fans don't really care about Nash, but yeah. yeah, they were just did a much better job of tapping into their like real life relationship and, and mm-hmm. all that. And then, it, then also when you get to the match, you got Shawn Michaels in the match, which helps, you know? So yeah. I think it had, you know, all this kind of violence and stuff, but also had the emotion to it, but it's a good comp because it's kind of like, they're trying to do the same thing. It's trying, they're trying to run that back with Kevin Nash and mm-hmm. it just doesn't really quite hit the same, but, um, I think it's fine enough for a main event of pay-per-view to kind of polish this off and, yeah. you know, put a bow on the Nash Triple H stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we get blood and it is bad blood. So right, yeah, there's your blood. We got, but, uh, we got trapped. <laughs> we got trapped headstrong. <laughs> we made it headstrong. Yeah. We went headstrong through the show. So, uh, right. we'll, we'll wrap up our overall thoughts here. So, um, I thought our last three kind of did again. None of those are like classics, like our three top matches, but they were all pretty good. So I think it kind of saves the show from being like crappy, which the beginning sort of was like, I think triathlon is kind of bad filler. That's kind of a mark on this show. Mm -hmm. Um, The undercard is kind of blah, but I thought all of our main matches were solid to good, which to me brought this up to like a five out of 10. I think if you had at least a, a little better undercard, I think this actually could have been a pretty good show because your big matches did deliver. But I think as it is, it feels like, I don't know, between it being short and the, the triathlon, I feel like it brings it down a bit. You could tell they're trying to work out the kinks of how to just do like this yeah. one brand show and fill mm-hmm. up a whole show. I think five out of 10 is probably very, very fair. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if they had given, if they had given, the Intercontinental title match, five more minutes. The Flair-Michaels match, five more minutes. And maybe even kick the show off with the IC title match. Mm-hmm. I think that I think we would be talking like maybe a six. Right. Um, but no, because they, 
they had those first two kind of duds. The tag title match was kind of a dud. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I'm okay with the last three matches are, are like you said, they're, they're really good. They're good. You know? So, yeah. I mean, they're not really good, but they're good. So yeah, I would say five is probably accurate. Right. Kind of picks the show up. I, I could be, you know, it's somewhere around there. Five, six, depending on your feeling, yeah, depending yeah. on how much, how many bonus points you want to give it for headstrong. If you want to bump it up to a seven. <laughs> For JT, JT, maybe a nine. I was gonna say JT gonna give it a nine. <laughs> nine, classic. But um, let's run down some quick awards. Uh, best match. I think we both had. Well, I don't know. Would you? You kind of had a tie there, Keith. For uh, would you go the main event or would you go Sean Flair's best match? I would say Sean and Flair's the best match. Uh, that would be mine. Yeah. Uh, best moment. Uh, hmm. Oof. I guess not a ton of moments of <laughs> May Young's ass. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, that, right. I, I think, uh, I like Goldberg going through the, the barricade. Yeah, um, that's a good one. I did like the trip, like, when you were talking about Triple H tripping and then hitting his head on the stairs, um, that was good. I like Mick Foley bleeding. <laughs> like, that was kind of... Right. But if I had to pick one, um, I'm probably going to go with, I'm probably going to go with... Um, Goldberg going through the barricade because it was just kind of still, it wasn't an every show thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so. so pretty novel. Yeah. yeah, I can go with that. Yeah, I'd say that or um, yeah, uh, something for the main you, event. You like want to go May Young? I know. Yeah, you May Young. Yeah, of course, May Young. <laughs> um, Eric with a crust on his lips, the pie crust. <laughs> I mean, she she provided entertainment at the at the first yeah. at the Last Supper. All right. First MVP, <laughs> MVP May Young. Um, <laughs> yeah. LVP, I think I'm going to go mm, Tester Stein or whoever you want to Or Our La Resistance, man, they suck. They really do suck. They do nothing. Uh, um, but I think yeah. I'll probably go Tester Steiner. You, you pick yours. Maybe Steiner for slipping on the banana peel off the apron. Yeah, Steiner for slipping on the banana peel that wasn't there. That's, that's got to <laughs> be it. Um. MVP, I think I'm going to go Jericho, actually, for MVP. I thought he was yeah. excellent in putting oh, that match yeah. together. I'll give Absolutely. him kudos. Yeah, kudos galore. For, like I said, taking Goldberg to 11 minutes, that's Hall of Fame. So, yeah. And right. making it passable. Because, I mean, we've seen Goldberg in longer matches that just he's awful. And, I mean, but that one, no. Like, he's pretty with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anybody else uh, stand out for you on the show, Keith? Um, good. I mean, I think like aside from like the guys that we praise, like Flair, Michaels. I think, um, you know, like I said, I think Christian Booker T really mm-hmm. stood out. I mean, Christian, it's just he's playing the chicken shit heel, which I don't love. I mean, I understand it, but you know, I don't love it. But uh, no, other than that, I would say maybe Booker T, maybe just they, even Kevin Nash for. You know, yeah. not looking like he should be in those kinds of matches, but still kind of doing very well with it. So, yeah. Mick Foley for sacrificing his body for no real apparent reason. <laughs> yes, well, he for, doesn't yes. need to be doing anymore. Yeah, for no reason at all. Yeah, like just, oh, well, there's Mick Foley, of course. Like, this is where it's like, this is kind of where I start to go, oh, Jesus Christ, Mick. You know, like, because I remember when he retired and it was like, it meant something to me. You know, because I was right. such a, because I was such a diehard Cactus Jack and, 
you know, Mankind fan, and I loved everything. And so when I mean, when he retired and you read his book and you knew why he was retiring because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't remember where he lived and he couldn't play with his kids anymore. And I was like, that's like, just retire, retire, dude. You did it. You did everything you had to do. And then for him to come back and do this crap and, and then for the run in TNA, it's like, just what are you doing, man? You know? All right. Right. Well, yeah. anyway. well, Keith, that's, it's rant. been a reality paved in gold. <laughs> it's been a reality paved in gold uh, yep. having you on the show for this run up to Bad Blood and for Bad Blood 03. So thank you for joining me on this yeah. little uh, trek on the journey through the ruthless aggression era. Um, what do you have going on, Keith? Would you like to tell us about anything you have going on podcast wise or just whatever yeah. you got? Well, I would like to point out that you can always hear me on uh, GFA Live with my BFF in the whole wide world, Petey Winson. Uh, that usually comes out every every week, every either Saturday or Sunday, depending on or Monday, depending on when he uploads it and edits it out. Uh, you can hear that on um, any of the podcasting apps out there, uh, as well as Spotify and Podbean, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Uh, and of course, on the North South Connection Podcast Network, you can hear Alicot with Keithy. That usually comes out every other Friday. And uh, yeah, the, I think there's one already. And then this is what you're going to hear. We're going to we're actually going to release a special holiday Halloween issue for coming up this uh, this Friday, the the 27th. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, you can always hear me on the you know Pop Video Jukebox Song of the Day on the Place to Be Nation Pop Feed and. I'm always around the other thing, you know, do Cronoso Monthly and other stuff, so check me out. Perfect. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Keith, for joining me for Bad Blood 2003, and uh, I'll see you next time in a couple weeks on the Ruthless Aggressive Podcast. Uh, See you later. (laughs) 